Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. If you've been following along, then you know we've been learning about the kings of Israel in the northern kingdom and the kings of Judah in the southern kingdom. In our last episode, we learned about King Asa in the southern kingdom of Judah. King Asa's heart was committed to the Lord, and he removed the idols and high places that his father and grandfather had built before him. Later in King Asa's life, he had a moment of weakness, where instead of relying on the Lord for help, he looked to another king, King Ben-Hadad of Aram, to help him. He entered into an agreement or a treaty with him instead of relying on the Lord. The Lord sent a prophet to King Asa to remind him, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Isn't that a beautiful truth? I'm going to read that verse again. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The Lord was letting King Asa know that he sees the hearts of people, and God's eyes are always searching for those whose hearts love him and are fully committed to him. Not only are God's eyes on those of his children who are fully committed to him, he gives strength and help to those who are his. Were there any kings in the northern kingdom whose hearts were fully committed to the Lord? Today we're going to look at what was happening in the northern kingdom while King Asa was reigning as king in the southern kingdom. While King Asa was king in the southern kingdom of Judah, the northern kingdom could not seem to keep a king on the throne. And sadly, none of them did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord could not find one whose heart was fully committed to him. After King Jeroboam died, his son Nadab became king. He was only king for two years. And in those two years, the Bible says he did evil in the eyes of the Lord walking in the ways of his father and in his father's sin. And so a man by the name of Basha plotted against him and struck him down at Gibbethon. Basha destroyed all of Jeroboam's family, just as the Lord had prophesied, and there was not one left who could try to take the throne from him. Basha reigned for 24 years, and he also did evil in the eyes of the Lord, walking in the ways of Jeroboam and in his sin, which he had caused Israel to commit. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, son of Hanani, against Basha. I lifted you up from the dust and made you leader of my people Israel, but you walked in the ways of Jeroboam and caused my people Israel to sin and to provoke me to anger by their sins. So I am about to consume Basha and his house, and I will make your house like that of Jeroboam. So after King Basha passed away, his son Elah succeeded him as king. And just as Jehu prophesied, Basha's son only reigned for two years until a man named Zimri plotted against him. Zimri came and struck him down and then took the throne from him. 
and Zimri destroyed all of Bashar's family so that not one of them could take the throne from him. Zimri was king for only seven days when the Israelites in the north were unhappy that he had made himself king. They planned a rebellion and decided to make Omri, the commander of the northern army, their king. When Zimri saw that they had surrounded him in the city where he was, he went inside the palace and set it on fire around him. And so he died because of the sins he had committed, doing evil in the eyes of the Lord and walking in the ways of Jeroboam and in the sin he had committed and had caused Israel to commit. And so Omri became the new king of Israel. Omri became king of Israel and reigned for 12 years. King Omri did something different than the other kings before him. He changed the capital city of the northern kingdom from Shechem, where King Jeroboam had built his palace, to the city of Samaria. And so the new capital city in the northern kingdom of Israel would be Samaria from now on. King Omri had a chance to start fresh, make a clean start unto the Lord. But the Bible says that Omri too did evil in the eyes of the Lord and sinned more than all the kings before him. He walked in all the ways of Jeroboam and in his sin, which he had caused Israel to commit, so that he provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger by their worthless idols. Now, during all of this time, as all of these kings were coming and going in the northern kingdom, Good old King Asa was still ruling as king in the southern kingdom of Judah, just in case you were wondering. And as King Asa was still ruling in the south, King Omri's son was soon to come to power in the north. King Omri's son had watched his father worship false gods. He saw the idols and the Asherah poles set up in the land. King Omri's son even learned to worship these false gods and idols. And so, when King Omri died, his son Ahab became one of the most evil, the most wicked kings of the northern kingdom of Israel. King Ahab. Can you say King Ahab? Here's what the Bible has to say about King Ahab. He reigned in the capital city of Samaria over Israel for 22 years. And Ahab son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and began to serve Baal and worship him. King Ahab set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he had built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole and did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him. Oh, true seekers, can you just imagine after all God had done for his people, his chosen people, after he had rescued them from slavery in Egypt, parted the Red Sea for them to cross, fed them in the desert, caused the walls of Jericho to come tumbling down, gave them homes to live in and peace on every side in the promised land. After all God had done for them, they now turned their attention to the false god Baal. Just like Asherah, Baal was a Canaanite god. 
except Baal was considered one of the most important of all the false gods. The word Baal means owner or master or Lord. And that's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. They became slaves of Baal worship. He was worshipped as the god of the rain and dew. Sometimes they called him the one who rides on the clouds. Like Asherah, they believed if they worshipped him, he would bring the rain and the dew to cause their crops to grow. The reason Baal worship became so popular in the northern kingdom of Israel was because of the woman King Ahab married, Jezebel. You see, Jezebel was not an Israelite. She did not know Yahweh, the one true and living God. Jezebel was from the town of Sidon, which was a town north of Israel. Her people were known as the Phoenicians. Can you say Phoenicians? The Phoenicians were also Canaanites because they were ancestors of the people who had lived in the land of Canaan before the Israelites lived there. The Phoenicians had inherited the gods of the Canaanites. When King Ahab decided to marry Jezebel, he knew she was not an Israelite, and he knew she worshipped Baal. But it did not matter to King Ahab. The Bible says it was trivial to him. Do you know what the word trivial means? Trivial means small or not a big deal. He did not take the law of the Lord seriously. He did not revere the words of the Lord. He did not honor and obey God's commands. When Jezebel became queen in Israel, instead of worshiping Yahweh, Israel's God, the one true and living God, she set out to make Baal the new God of the Israelites. She was worse than all the kings who had come before her in Israel because she did not just want Baal to be worshiped along with Yahweh. She wanted to remove Yahweh completely from the land and replace him with Baal. Truth seekers, she wanted to remove Yahweh from the hearts of the Israelites. Oh dear, if only the Israelites had paid attention to Joshua's warning so many years before, after he had led them into the promised land, he gave them a warning. He told them in Joshua chapter 23 verse 12, But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Oh, if only they would have listened to the words of Joshua. If only they would have paid attention, because that is exactly what happened. The false gods became snares and traps for them. The false gods turned their hearts away from God and hardened them to him. And this was all part of the enemy's plan. Satan did not want God's chosen people to worship him and follow him. Satan would do anything to cause the hearts of the people to become cold to God. And so it was Satan behind Baal worship. It was Satan behind Asherah worship. 
Slowly over time, Satan's evil began to spread throughout the land, and it seemed as though his plan might work. Was there anyone left in Israel whose heart was turned towards the Lord? Was there anyone left who would not bow their knee to Baal? Dear Truth Seekers, there was. Oh, how there was. I am so excited to tell you about a certain man who lived during this time that God raised up to be a voice of strength and courage to the people. This man was not afraid to stand against King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. This man had the power of the living God upon him. Who was he, you ask? Well, you are just going to have to wait until our next episode to find out. But if you want a sneak peek before then, you can find his name in 1 Kings chapter 17. So truth seekers, what truth can we find from today's story? Is there any truth at all? Things seemed pretty bad in Israel, really bad. You might be thinking, what's the big deal about an idol? I mean, isn't it just made of stone or wood or gold? It's just an object. Well, yes, it is just an object, but Idols were created to reflect or be an image of the God they worshipped. The Asherah poles were made as images to reflect the false goddess Asherah. The Baal idols were made to reflect the false god Baal. Do you know what it means to reflect something? Have you ever looked in a mirror? What do you see when you look in the mirror? You see a reflection of you. You are not actually inside the mirror, it is an image of you, a reflection of you. In the beginning, when God created humans, He said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Did you notice that the words image and likeness are used together in this passage? Humans are the only part of God's creation that were created to be like him. To be created in God's image is to be created like Him. We are to reflect Him to the rest of the world. We are to be loving as He is loving, forgiving as He is forgiving, holy as He is holy, truthful as He is truthful, faithful as He is faithful, and so on and so on. Before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve had these kind of qualities in their lives as God had created them. They perfectly reflected God. But then sin entered the world. And now we often don't live in holy ways or love others as we should or forgive when we have been wronged or speak the truth instead of lying. Because we are made in the image of God, we should be this way. But sin gets in the way. Another effect of sin was putting the image of God upon graven images, carved images, stone, wood, and golden images. We were meant to be the image bearers, the reflectors of God, not idols. We are the ones to reflect who God is. We are the ones created in His image, so it is wrong to create a golden statue and expect it to reflect the qualities of God. 
We were made to be God's image bearers. Does this mean we are to be worshipped? No. It means we are to point others to the one who is to be worshipped. We are to be the ones to reflect people to God. But sin sometimes stops us from being like God. The good news is that Jesus has come and died for our sins and made us clean. Through trusting in Jesus, we now have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us reflect the glory of God, to help us to look like Him once again as we were meant to. Jesus has destroyed the work of sin on the cross. And now He comes and He lives inside of us and He brings all of the qualities of God with Him. He remakes us into the image of God. His holiness, His beauty, His love, His forgiveness, His peace, and so on are all within us. We don't have to try to be like God in our own strength. We can rest in what Jesus has done for us and give Him control of our lives. He will do this for us as we put our faith in Him and as we obey Him. When the Bible says that God made us in His image, it means that we were made to be like Him so that the world could see what God is like through us. For example, when you show forgiveness to someone who has wronged you, you are showing that person what Jesus has done for them. There are a lot of people out in the world today who don't know Jesus and they need us to show them by how we live our lives. When you have Jesus living on the inside of you, he will cause you to look more and more like him. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Kings chapter 16. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created us in your likeness. And even though sin entered the world and has tried to destroy your likeness in us, we thank you that you have made a way possible for us to be remade in your likeness through Jesus, through his work on the cross. Jesus, we ask that you would make us look more and more like you every day. Help us to live by the Spirit of God inside of us and not by our human sinful nature. Holy Spirit, Give us the power to obey you because we love you and we want the rest of the world to see you in us as we follow after you. By everything we say and everything we do, by the gifts and talents you've given us, help us to reflect you in your glory. We know that as we keep our eyes on you, Jesus, that you will do this in us. We can't do it in our own strength, but only through your spirit in us can you make us look more like you. We choose to keep our eyes on you, and as we keep our eyes on you, keep your eyes on us, giving us strength as we wait on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again to those of you who have left reviews in iTunes for the podcast. I just want to read a couple here. One review says, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We've started from the very beginning of the podcast and have been listening every morning. Very grateful to you for your ministry. I've noticed that you're adding more to the Old Testament books too and in chronological order. I love that you have sorted the parts of the Old Testament that are appropriate for young listeners, but you haven't skimped on the history that comes before the New Testament. Well, thank you so much for that. I definitely am trying to give us a full context, a full picture of God's redemptive story from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um, Another reviewer here says, we have been searching for a great biblical kid podcast, and this is it. We use it to supplement our Bible reading with our girls. 
Her storytelling skills are amazing. Couldn't recommend this podcast any less than five stars. Parents, this is a wonderful resource. Thank you for sharing your storytelling gift with us. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for that review. I appreciate all your feedback and your comments and all of your support and prayers and love for the podcast, as I know that God is using it to help spread His word, His truth into the hearts of children all over the world. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to our time together next week.